Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, parents. Today's episode was recorded on Clubhouse. What is Clubhouse? Clubhouse is a free audio social media app. I host rooms every single week on Clubhouse, and each room has a different parenting topic. So if you'd like to join the conversation next time, please download the app and find me at social media Clubhouse handle Impactful Parent. Come join our conversation, sit and listen to the audience, or raise your hand and become a part of the show. Until then, I hope you enjoy this special episode. I am super excited to talk about how to raise strong girls because this is going to be a fantastic hour. Um, I got so many things to say about this. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and get started. So let's see, where do I want to start with this? First of all, raising strong girls, it starts with at birth. And I think that the first thing we need to do is think really long and hard about how you treat your daughters. If you are treating them differently than your sons, and that's really where this comes from, especially in Latino culture, we have these gender roles that we tend to push our kids into. And I do say we do do that. We tend to do it. I do it myself. It's not intentional. It's not malicious in any way. It's just the generation after generation of stuff going down, 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 and we just keep passing it along. But if you want to raise a strong girl, you're going to look into, are you treating your girl differently than your boy? And it starts with toys, of course. Like, are you allowing them to have uh, different kinds of toys and things like that in the classroom or in their, um, in their house? Uh, I know that I automatically went and bought all kinds of pinks and blues when I had my girls and dolls and things like that. But really, you know... Girls love to play with trucks and all the dinosaurs just as much as they like to play with anything else. Um, but so it does start with that. It also starts with um, encouraging your girls to explore a variety of different sports. So I don't want to harp too much on the toy thing because I feel like we know that a lot. But one of the things that I think parents do a lot more often nowadays is we still encourage our girls to go into girl-appropriate sports, as that's what we call it, girl-appropriate sports. Things like ballet, things like tennis. And yeah, I get it that men can play tennis too. But, you know, just sports that have a lot less physical contact. Well, that's we're, we're trying to break all those old myths, right? And we're going to be raising strong girls moving forward. And that means exposing them into a variety of different things that they might be interested in. Not to say that your girl wants to go and play football. They certainly may not. But to have the opportunity to go do something like that is really important. To not put those gender labels on top of certain activities, toys, uh, we'll start with just those for right now because we'll talk about a whole variety of different things that we inadvertently do in our parenting. But right now, the toys and the and the sports, that's where it kind of begins. That's the beginning parts of things. Uh, I'm going to stop there for just a second because I feel like I'm talking a lot. Uh, I'm going to ask Dolly since she has girls. Dolly, where are you good at that and maybe need more improvement when it comes to encouraging those non 
uh, gender roles, not putting, you know, labeling things as boyish or girlish. That's such a good question, Christina, because we are all kind of like indoctrinated into the idea of social gender norms, you know, like girls do this, boys do that. And we unconsciously adopt these beliefs until like we're intentionally trying to catch ourselves. So um, in regards to toys and sports and stuff, my husband and I have always tried to give them a choice. And we also have tried to encourage them to do what normally society does not see acceptable for girls. So for example, um, I remember having a discussion with my husband about, you know, well, they're a little older now, they should help cut the grass. And I remember my husband was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were in for the whole like equality thing. You know, if you had a son, you would have no problem saying, Hey, go cut the grass. But because they're girls, you're now saying, no, that's too much for them. I don't think so. You know, that's not right. And I grew up um, cutting the grass, taking out the trash. Uh, I mean, my my childhood was a little different. I was like changing the oil in my car, changing the tires, which is normally like not what girls do. But um, so we're having this discussion and he was surprised himself of like how opposed to it. And so we sat down and we're like, okay, Let's talk about why it is that you have such a hard time accepting the fact that they should cut the grass. They should, that is part of childhood chores or, or responsibilities, right? And um, he said, oh, well, I guess when it comes down to it, it's because I'm afraid about what people are going to think when they see my girl out there cutting the grass. And it's a, it's a big, it's a big piece of grass. You know, I'm like, it's not that bad, but I was like, I get it. I get it. But you know, really, when it comes down to it, what are you teaching them if you don't, you know, allow them to experience that? Because one day they might have their own home with a, a yard and they might have to do that themselves, you know? So that was a learning thing for both of us. Um, and then... Yeah. Hold on a second, yeah. Dolly. I'm going to pause you for right there because I would love to hear Rodrigo's opinion on this because you brought up something awesome, which is we tend to even have our chores in the house as gender labeled. You know, the girls being inside doing the cleaning and the cooking and the men being outside, the boys mowing the glass, grass and pulling the weeds and doing things with the cars and changing the oil. So I'm, my question is to Rodrigo here for a second. Hey buddy, if, uh, if you had a girl, would you be embarrassed about having her do those more masculine things in front of other people on the lawn, just the way that Dolly's husband did? Because I got a feeling that that he's not an anomaly, but maybe you'd feel differently. I don't know. I'm just curious. I am not going to lie, y'all. I would not let my daughter uh, cut the grass. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, <laughs> I appreciate that a little bit. <laughs> Why? It, it, it is so culturally ingrained in me. And quite frankly, I would be embarrassed to have my daughter cutting the grass. Again, this is just me speaking based on my cultural experience, my perspective. I just feel, yes, there are certain things that I would do. Okay, now, I don't impose this on my boys. My boys wash dishes. My boys do cleaning. My boys do all kinds of stuff, right? But but me, traditionally, with my daughter, no, I would definitely not let her cut the grass. I would be, now, would I teach my daughter how to change the tire? Absolutely. Would I teach her how to change the oil? Yeah, stuff like that. But to cut the grass stuff, I think that's... <laughs> You know, and again, and, and I'll pass it right back to y'all. 
I just culturally, we're so bound and really mentally locked in in some of these uh, kind of traditional roles and stigmas that even myself, somebody that I consider, uh, even myself, I consider myself, you know, very much uh, healed in the sense that like I've let go of a lot of stuff. Even that for me, I just feel like it just wouldn't be right. And and I'm kind of the classic gentleman where, you know, I, I would like, no, 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 mija, I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Even if she had her own home and she had her own grass and she had her own lawnmower machine, I'd probably show up every Saturday just to go over there and cut the grass for her. Yeah, you know, so that, that's just me, though. That Maybe I'm an anomaly myself, but that's just my honest uh, response to your question, Christina. I love that. Thank you for being honest and candid with that, Rodrigo, because it does show how ingrained we are with these gender roles, especially I can't like I cannot like emphasize that enough, especially being Latino. And I'm sure there are other cultures who are just as ingrained. But man, our culture is just like that. And it is so hard to break out of it when that's how we grew up. But that mentality, it is set in our brain like stone, it feels like. I'm sure it's not stone, but it's pretty hard <laughs> mortar, if anything else. Um, so I appreciate that candidness. I'll tell you right now, Rodrigo, I hope that um, my dad's going to come over later on today. And I'm going to tell him what you said. I'm going to ask him if he'll mow my grass. But I mow my grass every week. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I wanted to share something about that because I cut the grass all the time at my house. And for some reason, he didn't have a problem with that. It was something about like the little girl cutting the grass. So it was a very interesting discussion. And then now to point the finger at me, one thing that I want to share with you guys is when they got older, they were, you know, teenagers and they had to, well, they don't have to, but society expects girls to shave their legs or their underarms, right? And so we had that discussion and I said, well, technically you don't have to shave any part of your body. Um, but, and I was like, I hate the butts, but society expects you to do it. Otherwise you, people might ridicule you or they might call you names and stuff. So it's up to you. But I, I found that so uncomfortable and I actually, I, I felt angry that I even had to tell my kids but I highly encourage you do so that you don't get bullied or like, you know, labeled or so that you're because, you know, people will call out a girl that does not shave and it's pretty brutal. I've seen it. Um, one of my friends in college, she did not shave her underarms and man, it's like and, and that was in college. People are just ruthless. So it is just an eye opener too that once they hit a certain age for girls, you have to have that talk about not just shaving, but also like the way you dress. I'm not trying to be the, the body policing. I said, but just know that society will treat you this way if you, tr if you dress or do not dress this way. And it's sad and it sucks, but this is the reality. But you have a choice. And, and um, yeah, so I, I was... I was super uncomfortable having to tell them that. And I don't know if any other parents have experienced that with their kids, whether they're boys or girls about, you know, the, the things that society really imposes on them. But I'd love to hear, you know, their experiences. So if you're in the audience, come on up and share. That's a great uh, start to that. And I, I, you brought up another great point. The appearances of girls is so looked at as important in our culture in general and in order to raise strong girls you really not 
need to not focus on their appearance at all. That's so superficial. To raise strong girls, we need to instead focus on their ability levels. Now, I'm not saying that you don't want to compliment your daughter and say, oh, you look so pretty, but um, you know, that's not what I'm saying. But do focus primarily on things like you did a great job picking out that outfit instead or i like how you did your hair today see those statements actually focus more on things that the child or the girl has accomplished than than what she's being perceived as um that outside so those are two that's one way that you can encourage your child in their abilities and stray away from the appearance, but even still, it's still talking about the appearance. I love how you did your hair today. It's still talking about how she looks, but now you're focusing on the skill that she had. That's a one small little shift in your verbiage that you can start using with your girl. That's going to make a huge impact. Um, and you also want to encourage self-expression. And I think girls actually can get away with this a little bit more than uh, boys can. But when we're trying to encourage our girls to express themselves, whether it's um, it, it might be with their clothes. You know, girls can kind of get away with doing something a little more outlandish and, and crazy where I feel like boys are kind of stuck more in a box of traditional uh, dress a lot of times. But uh, we're not talking about boys today. Since girls have the ability to kind of express themselves more, I encourage though, encourage that expression. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing when uh, she wants to wear, uh, I don't know, camo with rain boots and you know her hair in crazy pigtails but i mean in my opinion that shit is so cute <laughs> like let her be who she wants to be and when parents can lead the way and say it doesn't matter to me what you look like it more matters to me what you're how you're acting on the inside that's going to that's the kind of encouragement that's going to raise a strong woman someday and I think this is why it's so important that we talk about raising strong girls, right? There's a difference between being chivalrous and being patriarchal, right? There, there's a big difference there. Uh, you know, I definitely don't subscribe to gender roles in the sense like I tell my boys, hey, you're going to do the same shit that, you're, that you know, my mom does and you're going to do the same stuff that I did, you know, and so forth, right? So there's some equity there. But when it comes to me personally, like, yo, I, I get it. I know you can do it. And I'm not, you don't necessarily need my permission, but please let me do that shit for you. When it comes to raising strong women, strong girls, right? That we understand and are able to help kind of uh, acknowledge that balance. I know, you know, Dolly and Christina, you know, with their girls, I know that, that you know, they, they have that balance because I've heard them tell those stories before. Like, hey, no, you're empowered. You can do whatever the hell you put your mind to and this and that. But also, you know, appreciate those little gestures and this and that, as long as they're coming from a place of love, if you will, right? Not control, not yeah. you know, taking away empowerment or anything like that. You know, I'll end right here. It's really important that guys like myself acknowledge that, that we're, you know, hey, look, you, uh, I know you can do this, okay? But please, I, I want to do this for you. And that people, that, that, that the women we love see that as a, a act of love and not an act of control or some type of other disempowerment. That's the one thing that I definitely encourage guys out there that when you're raising your daughters, make sure you make that point of emphasis. Uh, back to y'all. 
that is bringing me to the next point I want to bring up, which is so important, and that is princess culture. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yes. Because like Rodrigo was saying, there's that difference between that chivalry and then the expectations, right? And princess culture is a, really a detriment, in my opinion, to building strong girls. Now, it's okay to have your daughters love princesses like they, but I think the the main thing is that we really need to sit down with our girls and explain to them some of the differences between real life and the fantasy world that, uh, as an example, Disney, but there are other companies that they create for our girls in their minds. And I will wholeheartedly admit that I was a victim of princess culture. I grew up with this ideal thing in my mind that I, I wanted a traditional role. I wanted to be taken care of. I wanted my prince to come and swoop me away. Um, I really did. I, that's what I, down to my soul, that's what I wanted for my life. And uh, it's fine. Like I, I eventually I grew, but it was the expectations that that kind of culture put in my mind as a young girl that made me, I guess it just set me up for a lot of disappointment when I was growing up because my, my prince, he, I mean, he, there was a lot of wonderful princesses in my life that came in and helped me out and stuff. But in the end, I had to learn how to mow my lawn and, you know, fix my dishwasher and change the oil in my car and all those things that I, that nobody ever taught me because I was in this, I, in this mentality that I was going to grow up and only be responsible for taking care of my man, for making sure my kids were raised well, for cooking and cleaning and making sure that my house was in order. And I really do blame princess culture for a lot of that. Now it was compounded by the traditional roles of my Latino culture, which encouraged it. But all the princess culture, it's it's fine. It's, you know, it's a beautiful fantasy world. I'm not trying to knock it down. But what I am trying to say is that we do need to have these conversations with our girls of saying, look, this is a real relationship. And this is what a real relationship looks like, especially when they're um, approaching their adolescent years versus this is the idealist thing that I know we're seeing on the TV all the time. Um, Dolly, what do you think of princess culture? Um, I agree because I have met a lot of women and spoken to a lot of kids who really buy into it. And like, just like what you said, they're very disappointed because the reality is that that's not what happens. It's not, it's not that perfect. Like somebody's going to come save you and rescue you. And, and then you're going to just be catered to your whole life. And, and it's a very dangerous, um, mentality because I've also seen where some women will accept certain types of behaviors or abuse because the man is taking care of them financially and they think well that's that's just what comes with you know um and there's a book that I always recommend to parents if they want to understand more about this whole um you know princess culture it's called uh Cinderella ate my daughter it's by Peggy Ornstein, who was a um, journalist, and she's done a lot of research on girl um, culture. And it's really interesting because it even talks about how the markets, like everything you buy for girls, they have a specific 
plan on how to target that idea of Cinderella, of the pink factor. And they have, I mean, it's a whole thing that I had no idea existed. Um, So if you want to read it, it's a, it's a pretty easy read and it's actually, it's got a lot of funny stuff in it, but yeah. And I think it's important to have this conversation with our boys too, because I think that some boys get sucked into the Cinderella idea too. And it's kind of awful because they, they, I can't imagine being a boy and having to feel that pressure of always being the provider and, and catering to a girl. And, and some girls take that to the extreme where they like demand and, um, you know, because they think that that's what their role is. And it's, it's crazy because I always tell women, especially, you know, when they've never had a job and like, okay, well, what happens if your spouse dies? How will you support yourself? How will you be efficient? How will you be independent and not let your kids and you end up homeless and hungry? Welcome to the stage, Jason. How would you like to contribute? Um, I'm a father of three daughters and I've seen the princess culture right, you know, face front and the impacts that it does to me and it does to my girls. And each one of them, yes, they all had princess dolls. You know, we went to Disneyland at times and they got to, I dressed them up as a princess. You know, they got that bippity boppy boutique and and I made them princess for their birthday. You know, I made it a special thing. But one thing that I noticed is watching my teenager change from, a, you know, an adolescent toddler girl to then becoming a, a teenager, there is like this you know, anger and frustration and misappropriation of emotions um, that they go through. Like the identity, like I'm going to reject my father and I want to go find my Prince Charming. Well, reality is how it sets men up for failure. You know, it's like me, when I talk to my girls, when I tell them like, hey, you're going to have to decide and, and make decisions with somebody or without somebody, but it's not based on Camelot. It's not based on, you know, the castle, you know, your castle is your casa, you know, really in, in, at the end of the day. So it is a, it, it does touch on, on boys and men and they don't, they're not prepared to handle it when, you know, they get into the teenage years and they get into college, you know, it, it, it touches on like, how boys and girls to men and women develop with not only their identity, but who they want to be with. And that touched on, we had conversations on dating yesterday and, you know, all this other stuff. And it's just like, we can't ignore these impacts, these microaggression impacts to macroaggression impacts that people are not really aware of. Because it's like, as a guy, as a dad, like, sure, I'm going to give her dolls, whatever, you know, but is that doll representing a facet of life that I don't live or financial status? I, and I'll land there. It's interesting. Uh, once Rodrigo gets off the phone there, I was curious if he felt the same way that you did with that. The princess culture is letting is setting up men to, to fail. That's an interesting concept that I hadn't heard yet before. So I so appreciate you coming up and, and speaking it. Cause I love hearing these different points of view. I, I grow so much from these rooms myself because of um, everybody who comes up and contributes. So thank you, Jason. Oh, there's Rodrigo. Rodrigo, I'm curious. Did you think that princess culture, um, 
actually sets men up for for failure because the standards of the the man coming in and swooping in and that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of the media, a lot of the conglomerates, businesses and whatnot, they set up social, uh, you know, social constructs for us to believe in and to buy into because it leads to purchases, it leads to sales, it leads to, you know, just the, the general way that, th- you know, society works. And, and unfortunately, it does condition our boys, but it definitely conditions our girls. And I think that's why it's so important that we have these conversations because a lot of times uh, as parents, we, we, we tend to let our kids consume media, right? And I have a very laissez-faire attitude about social media and this and that because I feel like my kids are going to you know, get it somehow, some way anyways. But it's important for us as parents to make sure that we give them some interpretation of what things mean, that the things that they see on TV isn't always exactly what it appears to be and how it can influence them. So when you're talking about like Prince's culture and and how it affects our our young ladies, absolutely. They, They see that and they start, you know, using their Instagram to post about how they look versus, hey, I did this at work today, or hey, look at the community work that I'm doing, or this and that, right? And same thing with our boys. So I think it's really important that we acknowledge that these uh, media influences and these pressures do factor in into the ways that our kids see themselves and why we as parents need to be very proactive and need to to be very mindful as to how we uh, uh, talk about this and make sure that they are aware of these influences as well. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Christina, and I'm glad that we're talking about it, especially when it's concerning how do we raise strong girls and making sure that we do that better as a collective. I think one of the things that a lot of parents do inadvertently to their girls that they don't do as much to their boys is rescue them. And that encourages that princess culture. And when I mean rescue them, it's it's a lot of, oh, oh, mija, don't do that because you might get hurt. Or um, they come in and they swoop up their daughters when they fall and they, you know, kiss their boo-boos and whatever. And with the boys, they're like, you you got this. Come on. You're, you're tough. You know, it's a language even that parents use that we, we continue to enforce that rescue syndrome. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, that starts ingraining into our girls' heads. So to no, going back to how to raise strong girls, allow your girls to experience life with the consequences that it will, that will happen allow be there to support them but but be really cautious not to do too much rescuing More, at least not as much you know just as much as you would with your with your son and i think that's a really really important um even with sports like we go going back to sports all those things we we rescue our girls from from pain a lot uh victoria i see that you might want to say something would you like to add uh, yeah, I think I think it's also true. Not even just with Disney movies. Um, like I was saying, my oldest son is thirty-one. My granddaughter, who I'm actually picking up today, she's twelve. Um, she, she, my son, got custody of her when she was an infant, and we've always kind of helped raise her. So I'm going to have her today. I spend a lot of time with her. We watch a lot of I I I have her watch 80, 80s movies a lot. We watch a lot of movies a lot. So. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the new movie, uh, The Summer I Turned Pretty. Um, so she's 13. We watched that. It's a really cute movie. But there's, you know, there's a girl. She she was awkward. She turns pretty uh, the, this summer. You know, they say she turns pretty. And um, 
which of course, you know, she was always pretty, but you know, she hits puberty and she stops wearing glasses and comes into her own. And, um, you know, the boys start finding her attractive and, um, I'm watching this series with my granddaughter and we, we do this all the time. We watch series together and, um, my son had come over and, and sometimes he'll notice things that I don't pick up on when we're watching something. And it kind of cracks me up because he'll, he'll say, stop, stop, pause that right there pause that right there. And I'm, I'm like, what, what the heck's going on? You know, and I'll pause it and, he, and he'll go, you know, and we're a family who, you know, we, we don't, we, we cuss and, and, you know, whatever. And so he, he's like, you see that? And he tells his daughter, you see that shit right there? That's not real. <laughs> and he'll just call it out to her. You know, and he's like, that's not real. That that's going on right there. That is not real life. That is not what happens. And then he'll explain it to her and just kind of, you know, tell her that that's a situation that is not real or if this happens this is not the way that it should happen and um you know i think too that that's a different uh you know a male a male perspective and a female perspective but you know i'm her grandmother and he's her mother and uh i mean his her father and and it's it, it's just also like you know a different take on the, on the princess you know the princess thing that continues the, through up through the teen years when they start watching different things that we have to continue to um, point out to them and just continue to, you know, feed them the right things. Now, I was going to say, Victoria, you hit such a good point there that it is so important for girls to hear um, the encouragement of empowerment from fathers or male figures, because the the chatter in the world is men are going to stop you. And that's very toxic. And it's also incorrect. Men, there are good and bad people out there. And just because one man does, you know, believe that women should not go out there and do her thing doesn't mean that every man does too. So it, and that's one thing that I appreciate my husband, that he's always since they were little, has encouraged my girls to try different things. And he always tells them things like, you can do it too. You know, yeah, those boys are doing it, make it look easy, but you can too, you just gotta practice. That's the difference. They've been practicing, you haven't, you just gotta go for it. So, um, cause they're usually, I think, most of the times they hear from the moms, right? Cause they're like, no, mija, tu puedes, you know, you can. But yeah, it's so important. The fathers have such a powerful voice that it's just so much more significant when when they tell their daughters that fathers have so much more influence than they realize even when their adolescent uh, girl starts to do the the eye rolls and the, I'm not listening to you they're totally listening I'm telling you the dads they have a huge influence on the daughter's lives um, so definitely encourage your child to do those things um, for example like get have them play in the dirt buy them overalls i think like sometimes as parents we don't buy girls clothes to get dirty in and that sounds so simple but you want to encourage a strong girl to or to become be strong and grow up into a, a really self-proficient woman buy her clothes as a young daughter that she can get messy in and encourage that and say, get out and take calculated risks and uh, climb the trees and do those things. Um, as she gets older, encourage STEM. Uh, there is not enough 
emphasis for girls to do uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And there really isn't. We tend to push girls into the arts or or into something that's, I don't know, teaching, which is, I'm a teacher. It's a noble, it's a noble profession. But I mean, I could have been a scientist. No one ever told me that that's what I should have been. <laughs> you know, I just, <clears throat> it's too bad that um, in a lot of ways, I feel like my upbringing put me into a box and I feel like I excelled in the box that I'm in. I mean, here I am. I'm trying to be the best mom I possibly can be. And, but that was literally how I was conditioned growing up. Go be the best mom that you could possibly be. I mean, there you go. And now I have a parenting app. <laughs> so this is me trying to be the best I could in the box. But I wonder what would have happened had I been encouraged to do something different? Maybe gone into engineering, gone into some kind of science field. Because um, I am a smart person. I love to believe that I, I could do anything that I want. And I, I want you to encourage your girls to be active and not rescue them when they um, when they fall to let them do those things. We sometimes overcompensate when we're trying to become, create these strong girls. And I do want to go on to the other side of that and just make sure that people are aware that when you're trying to create a strong girl, you might be following a lot of what we're saying here in this hour, but then now you have a woman who feels like they have to be everything. And this is kind of the new phenomenon that a lot of uh, women professionals of today are, are exhibiting, where we're finally able to come into our own. We're finally at a point in our history where we're not quite as oppressed as before. You know, we vote and all the things. And uh, now we feel like we can, if encouraged to, we, we could mow the lawn, we could change the oil in our car, we got all these things, we could be professionals and we can run our household. But now we're kind of stuck in, now that I know I can do everything, I should do everything. So be really careful as you're encouraging these strong women to grow up that they don't feel like they have to do everything, which is, I think, is the other end of the spectrum of what happens when you encourage a little, I don't know, I don't want to say encourage too much because I don't think you can encourage too much, but you want to make sure that the expectations are still really set. If you want to be a strong woman, it's about being a strong woman. It's not about uh, that worth doesn't mean you have to do it all. And I'm going to lead it over to Rodrigo to uh, say a few words. I, I think it is important that when we're talking about our, our, our that balance, if you will, I, I think it's still, I, I'm of the persuasion to say this. I'm much more of a realistic parenting figure for my kids. They're going to get enough of the, you know, the, the, the wishful thinking, the, the projections, all these constructs that occur, they're going to get enough of that out there in the real world or out there in media and out there with their friends and out there with other influencers. I, I, me, I'm going to be the influencer that's going to be realistic with them and let them know what's occurring out there and why these constructs exist, what's going on with them and so forth, right? Uh, I, I love my boys being boys. Uh, my youngest is 18 years old. I told him, hey, man, this is your last summer of fun. Have all the fun you can. He's literally still having his summer of fun, y'all. Okay? <laughs> I, I made a bargain with him. I told him, I want you to enjoy this time because, you know, when you uh, come back with me, you know, you're going to get a job. You're going to go to school. You're going to start adulting. 
right? And you're going to start doing these things, but I want you to enjoy, you know, what you have with your friends and this and that. So I definitely agree with that, right? Let our kids be kids. But I also am agree. I also think that our kids need to be, uh, we need to show them a realistic a version of what's going on out there. You know, I'm not going to tell my kids, oh, you know, uh, uh, somebody just died and this is what's going on. This is, I, I don't, I don't get too into the nitty gritty of all that stuff, but I definitely let them know, Hey, look, uh, the way you're thinking right now, I, I, you know, may not be the best way you're thinking. Let me give you something to consider. I remember, and I'll leave this at this point right here. I remember one time I was talking to my niece and my niece was on a video game, right? On a little game. And I heard the game and she was talking about this game where she has to like uh, gather coins in order to increase her outfit. So she would look prettier. Right. And I, and I, and I, and she showed me the game and, you know, I'm not going to like go into this whole spiel about like the consequences of this thinking and this and that, right. She's not going to really understand that. But I told her, I said, I said, why, why do you need to do that? Oh no, it's because it's this game and I'm over here trying to compete for the best outfit and this and that and da, da, da. And I said, do you agree with that? Is that something that, you know, you, you, you believe in, in this and that? And she looked at me dead in my eyes. She goes, of course not deal, but it's just a game. And the fact that she told me that let me know that she was in a good little mind state better than I thought she was, to be honest with you. And I think my sister does a hell of a job raising her. Right. But she understood that that's a game. However, I'll say this. I think there's a lot of kids, particularly young girls that don't understand that's not a game. And they, they get this unhealthy perspective that, yes, it's clothes. Yes, it's looks, it's my hair. It's how I look, not what I do. And so it's really important that us as parents and really frontline uh, influencers to our kids, whether we act as tios like myself or we're tias or we're, you know, we're cousins, primos, hermanos, whatever, that we make sure and take the time that we check on our kids and make sure that they have these healthy perspectives. And if they don't, that, you know, maybe we have a talk with them or we talk with their parents or we talk or whatever the case may be. Make that space available for them to understand what's, you know, what's out there, but also what's really going on when it comes to these types of influences and how they factor into our children's mindsets. And that brings me to one of the last points that I wanted to reiterate today before we have to end, and that is role modeling. Oh, my goodness. Male role models, female role models, but especially female role models. Um, to, if you want strong women uh, to grow strong women, be around strong women. I mean, that's there's nothing more teaching a child on how to be and to role model it, whether it's yourself or their aunts or whoever, uh, that role modeling, those people around that child, that's, it's pivotal. Um, not to say they couldn't do it without a strong female role models, but man, it's a whole hell of a lot harder not to have somebody to look up to and have an idea of what that's going to look like when they get older. Uh, kids need a vision. They need to be able to see it so that they can actualize it. And so when you got a strong female in the in the household, whether that's abuelita or your mom or the tia down there, whatever, you could even be a strong neighbor, you know, if they want to aspire to somebody who's awesome that lives next door, whatever. It's just, it's super, super important. Victoria, you can go ahead. I agree. I think that's very important. Um, as I said, I, I have older children and one of my sons has a daughter um, who is living, her living situation is not great. And um, they live with a lot of people. 
and none of the women work. And there's only one man in the house who works. And uh, my granddaughter said to me, well, why, why are you going to work, Mimi? And I said, well, because we work so that we can, you know, provide. We can have nice things. We can pay for our home. We can. And she says, but, but women don't work. And I, I just was kind of stunned by, you know, by what she said. And Thank you, Victoria. Yes, that's exactly what I was talking about. And when they don't see those role models, it really does affect them. Uh, this has been an awesome room. I don't know. Rodrigo, do you have any last words that you want to um, reiterate, say? Yeah, I think it's really important for men like myself and like Jason and others that we really take the time to let our young girls know that, you know, we, we value them and that we value them on more than just physicality on beauty and all that stuff super important that we set the example and really important too that they see us setting that example by making sure that when we act that we act in accordance to that right what does that mean that means and and i, I would like to think that y'all have heard me say this i always praise the women especially the latina women that i'm around and i give them i i elevate them and i value them tremendously and i always speak to the work that they're doing. And I'm hoping that other folks, uh, guys, young women, young men, whatnot, that they see that, they understand the value in that. Because I am certainly, I, look, look, when I'm here on Clubhouse, you know, I do my thing, right? But I couldn't do any of this without the strong Latino women that I surround myself with. That, that That's definitely you, Christina. Uh, shout outs to Denai, shout outs to Wendy, shout outs to all the women that I really surround myself with and help me be the best version that I am. Cause I tend to fuck up quite a bit, but they always got my back. Christina does a fantastic job of being organized, setting things up, giving me reminders. I try my best, but if I don't surround myself with strong women and strong Latinas in particular, you know, I, I would be lost. And I think by acknowledging that and making sure that we elevate that and make sure that we, you know, we, 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 we name that, not just, you know, platitudes and this and that, but that we actively do that our young ladies, our young women, our young girls see that and they see, hey, you know what? There's value in being smart. There's value in me doing this. There's value in me doing that. And by setting the example and encouraging that, I think uh, we can definitely learn how to raise strong girls. I'll kick it over back to you, Christina. I cannot stress the power that men have to influence their daughters and just and to lift women up. I you do. You you guys have so much power in doing that. And uh all all the times that you praise me, which you do all the time, Rodrigo, and I appreciate it. Give me warm fuzzies every time. I don't get tired of it. You could keep going all day if you want. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> You're not really joking. You're not joking. <laughs> <laughs> it really does mean a lot to me because, um, you know, I I feel like I work really hard and a lot of times women are not acknowledged for some of the things that we do. And so, um, but this has been a great room. I really hope that people brought value to it and that you guys um, are raising strong girls, you know, just quick recap of points, you know, we're, encourage your daughters to get dirty, watch out for that princess culture. Um, fathers know that you have a lot of influence on your daughters. Make sure that you're, um, you're focusing more on the ability levels and things that she does versus 
outward appearance, which she's going to get that a lot on the society side anyway. You don't need to encourage how pretty she is. She's going to get that a lot anyway, naturally through <laughs> through school and things. So, you know, really focusing on who she is, what she does, what she can do, have her set the limit in the sky with the stars. And, you know, she's she can do anything she wants. Um, teach her how to do all those masculine um those more male dominant uh, things like the cars and the lawnmowers and things that they were talking about, because, you know, she just needs to learn that stuff. Just like I would teach my boys how to cook uh, because he might need that too. You know, so it's just try be really cautious of those gender roles. And I know you guys got this. You guys are going, you're all impactful parents. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.